Riley Murtha, and I'm your host. This is Life and Shit, your weekly safe haven away from all of the artificial bullshit going on out there, where we discuss what it means to live well, what it means to truly feel good, and how we can achieve those things. So thank you so much for being here, and let's get to this week's episode. I've missed you all so much. I took a week off. We had a little premature summer energy happening here in Vancouver, and I was outside enjoying the sunshine, but don't worry, I'm back. Welcome to episode 10 of Life and Shit. This episode today is one that I have been waiting for. You've been waiting for it too. You just didn't know. I sit down with my friend Stacy, Shift with Stacy on Instagram, and we talk about all the real shit. We go deep on body image, self love, beauty standards, and Stacy shares her journey with us. Stacy was suffering from breast implant illness, and she underwent an explant surgery and has been in recovery from the illness for the last eight months, and she shares with us exactly what that experience has been like. So let's get right into it. Here's Stacy. Thank you so much for joining me, Stacy. Thank you for having me, Riley. I'm so freaking excited to be here on your podcast. Yay. We have a lot to talk about. I'm really excited about the speaking points that we are going to cover today. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit just about you and what your life looks like right now and what the last year has looked like for you. Oh, boy. Well, um, I heard in your last podcast with Derek, was it? And he was like, that's a loaded question. I totally agree. It is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I got to chill with the loaded um, questions right from the get-go. <laughs> uh, definitely on, you know, the awakening journey, the self-love journey. I'm single, um, and I'm in the professional world, in the virtual office world, running a facility where we help entrepreneurs, which is amazing. So I was able to help entrepreneurs through this year of chaos. Very grateful to have had that backbone while finding myself and on another journey of stepping into my purpose. Um, certified life coach this year. I'm practicing NLP, which is neuro linguistic reprogramming. You know, Dr. Joe like dispenses stuff, mm-hmm. just help, like rewiring your patterns and behaviors. Uh, I'd really like to help women on their journey because it's been quite one for myself this past year. As you know, I've had a surgery and explant. So we're going to dive deep into that about breast implant illness. Yeah. Um, I'm on the health journey and learning to love my body and just rerouting and regrounding in that. I'm originally from Toronto. I moved here like five years ago, so I think I'm a Vancouver girl now officially. West Coast. Yeah, West Coast. I love the energy here. I love the connections. Meeting you this year has been such a blessing. So um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. I spent my 20s traveling the world and climbing the corporate ladder. And that corporate ladder was in the weight loss industry. So that's a whole other conversation about self-image. And um, yeah, just all of it. (laughs) Being a millennial girl in this world and all of the battles, right, that we are all going through together. Yeah. And this conversation I'm so excited about because this is a recurring topic that I just keep coming back to. It's something that 
I can't stop talking about. It's something that comes up like through my work and through my programming, working with my clients and something that's just becoming more and more of a focus for me is teaching people just how to connect back to themselves and how to treat themselves with the love and respect that we tend to give other people first. Um, and then the weight loss industry is a whole nother topic that I can't wait to dive into body image and the way the messaging that we're receiving and everything that goes along with the beliefs that we have about self-worth and the way that we should look like it's just all of it is so interconnected, but it's all so important. So I can't wait to talk about all of that. So why don't we start? Let's talk. Let's go start. Holy shit. I can't talk now so let's go chronologically so why don't we start with you sharing with us like what that corporate weight loss career that you had was like right well it was definitely a beautiful journey it gave me a lot of opportunity um being a woman being able to climb the corporate ladder right to the top of regional sales trainer for the company I worked for a company called Herbal Magic at the time it was one of the largest mm. weight Right. So um, competitors, for example, would be Weight Watchers, Dr. Bernstein's companies like this. We had this approach where um, and <laughs> even saying we, it's like it really was an encompassing job, a lot of like a beautiful community. I met so many great friends and learned so much through the company. It just also affected my mindset and the way my self-image. Right. But it really it was such a, a great experience, too. So Herbal Magic, we did um, have this approach of a lifestyle change. Right. It wasn't just about counting calories. Um, and there was room, right, and space to, I don't know, treat yourself, let's say, and it wasn't, it was able to help, like, a broad spectrum of people. Majority of our clients were women and middle-aged women, and I was a young girl. I was 18. It was right out of high school, so I jumped into a sales job. Uh, I skipped the college thing. School wasn't so much for me. I definitely didn't fit into that box, so I found a business suit at Susie Shear, I remember, and I went for an interview, got this job, and was a health coach, like, instantly. They jumped me on the scale one of my first days to teach me about the BMI, right? And I jump on the scale, and I'm probably about 150 pounds, 148, something like this, and they say I'm obese, you know, because of the BMI and, and just what it's all about, and they don't take in body composition otherwise. Like, mm -hmm. I have a pretty lean body mass. I'm 5'5". Five five. I, I never really had weight issues or insecurities about that, I should say. Even if I wasn't, I was never very thin, but I didn't have insecurities, and I was quite healthy. But immediately I jump on the diet. I'm 18. It was easy. I lost 30 pounds in three months, you know. And then I started to party and feel confident about myself in a whole new way, being 19 now at this age. I grew into management quick so then I climbed the corporate ladder like within that time so I was like managing 15 locations by the time I was 23 I was helping empower women who were coaches and managers to help their clients lose weight so I felt like I was constantly inspiring coaching training leading it was great but it was always on the premise of looking good pushing pills you know losing weight losing something rather than empowering and we did have a lot of positive dynamics don't get me wrong like celebrations constantly even up little milestones and constantly supporting our clients it, it, you know i don't want to take away from that positive energy but the underlying tone of the company it, it really does wire you a certain way mm -hmm. i could sell four boxes of pills 
bills to one person like this, which would be worth like $2,000, you know, like of just bills. Um, and being a sales trainer, that's what I was selling. I think mean, that was my focus, right? Yeah. To sell more, to sell more vitamins. We sold 80 different products. I oh, knew every okay. ingredient and how to sell them all and how to have them all interlinked and connect with one another. So I could sell someone 12 different supplements kind of like a GNC, right? Nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, it was very focused upon that. Yeah. And so those are like really formative years as women, like being 18, 19, like the experiences we have during those years are things that we're going to carry with us for so long, right? So what kind of impact do you think working in that industry had on your overall kind of beliefs and your self-worth? Well, it's not a coincidence that I did struggle with my weight for years. You know, I would lose at 30 and and then gain some back and then lose it and gain it. And it would always be diet focused or losing weight for the next event focused, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's what we would be talking about in the weight loss industry. We would use language like motivational factor and hot buttons. A hot button is what emotionally moves you, like not being able to do up your pants or play with your children. Um, It it impacts us negatively. as a motivational factor is positive. I mean, this is a language maybe you you can even use in in your industry. And it can be very positive too to have something to look forward to, but it's all external motivation and not internal. So you're never reconnecting with your body and yourself. And so it can be very dangerous territory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So, and then also being a young girl, not just about the industry, but just being a young girl, as soon as I started to, I don't know, experiment with, the looks like wearing heels and and tighter clothes accentuating my body um I got the implants at 23 when I was at you know the peak of my career there it that whole time it was really all about my external appearance like um the way I dated the things I chose the way I spoke everything was about my external it was everything Makes sense. Yeah, well, it makes so much sense because I think to some degree we all went through that, right? Like I went through a similar toxic journey with my body through those same years. Like around age 19, I decided that I was needed to be skinnier. So I didn't know anything about nutrition. So I just like went super restrictive on my calories and like wouldn't eat food with fat in it because I just didn't understand what I was doing at all and like I was constantly crash dieting and then I went you know I've been back and forth between like suffering with binge eating disorder and using laxatives and like teas and all kinds of stuff you just made you just brought something to my mind um me and my girlfriend would take ephedrine like we would full-on like I'm from the generation I think of all the toxic things I did to alter myself right Mm -hmm. I was like a tanning bed tanning beds constantly always burning myself in the sun with oils to be darker toned right because I'm so in why (laughs) you know this generation now is all about skincare and sunscreen I love that for them you know but I took a different path and now I'm unwiring that now um also just uh yeah the whole ephedrine and dieting and and binge eating my gosh I've experienced all of that on a a deep level and it's scary looking back at that (laughs) it's so scary like the the links that we would go to and the damage we were doing without really realizing it because it was so normalized everybody was doing it and what you said about always 
focusing on an event coming up. Like that was the way I lived my life. Like I would restrict and deprive because I was going to Vegas or I'm going to Miami or I'm going somewhere and we have something we have to do and have to look away. And it's crazy now because I look back at those photos and I actually thought like in those times thought I was like looking good. And I'm like, I never looked good because I wasn't ever actually taking care of my body. And it's like, I would like kind of like shrink down. And I remember like, restricting myself so badly and then I would get to the airport to go on one of those trips and I would like eat something and I would like swell up because my body was just like in such a state of inflammation and like shock and trauma and by the time you even get like to Vegas you already feel like shit because it's just such an unsustainable way to live absolutely what things led you to wanting to get breast implants because anyone who knows me knows that I have no boobs and it's something that used to be like a huge insecurity point for me like it was something that I got bullied for like all through junior high and I guess maybe into high school or maybe it stopped in high school probably not I don't really remember but it's always it's something that can be really traumatic like I just like kind of never grew boobs and it was something that I always felt like made me unworthy it was something that I was always really really insecure about like especially when it came to like being intimate with someone and like getting naked in front of someone like I always felt like it made me less than you know someone with big boobs and it was something that was wrong with me and it's honestly probably taken me until I was 29 or 30 to really learn how to love and accept my body for how it looks and you know what it is and so I have always toyed with the idea of thinking that not even that I wanted to get implants but feeling like I needed to get implants in order to fit in in order to look like everybody else because you look around and the people that you're idolizing and the people that you want to look like don't look like you so there's ways to solve that problem or what's considered a problem so what was your kind of journey to making that decision to get implants yeah especially 10 years ago right that was the trend I wouldn't say anymore that's for sure and we'll talk deeper about that with my experience of the explant and what I've heard about the industry and what a lot of my friends are going through um but 10 years ago it was all the thing the rage right but I'm still the only person I know like personally besides well new friends now but but going back then I was the only person I knew that wanted it it was no one's idea my boyfriend at the time didn't want me to get them I don't know where I came up with the idea but I knew it was always an insecurity of mine and it wasn't a size matter for me actually I had a um a breast shape called tubular breasts if you know and they just they're kind of like boobs that hang looking like you've had a lot of children I was born with breasts like this and there's all different shapes and sizes and they're all beautiful but I did not think mine were beautiful at all I had lots of stretch marks and large size areolas and um they were tubular shaped and deflated and so I had friends with beautiful beautiful breasts and it's interesting because I hear when you were talking about when you're young and you're insecurity and getting bullied which means like you're as young as high school and younger it's like how is it such an insecurity for us when we're so young in the generation we are when we were growing up it's not like we had a ton of access to like Instagram and, and outsource like external comparisons you know yeah. it was our high school we went to and I just I really had such a large insecurity for a young girl I don't know where that stemmed from other than the comparison to my girlfriends and knowing that they don't look right and feel right you know mm -hmm. from what I hear what they should be 
right? So then when I went for um, a consultation, it was about the implant and a lift. Now looking back, I realize I probably should have just gotten a lift. That would have been fine, perfect. And I would recommend any young girl who has a breast who wants, you want to like modify it, let's say in some way, um, have an augmentation, but not with an implant. It's definitely maybe, I shouldn't say definitely, because it does come down to perspective. A lot of people are still getting implants. I had a choice to get my implant replaced. Um, So anyway, I guess it's all, it's all, up to everybody but you should just get a lift you know because the implant caused a lot of freaking issues over time and I guess I just didn't know I had options so I ended up going bigger I did because why not if I'm getting like an implant I might as well get a good size and it was a little too big (laughs) because in time you end up filling out right with age and maturity you just you do end up filling out so that I didn't take into consideration either did you regret getting them or was that something that changed over time it only changed over time. Like, I loved them, to mm-hmm. be honest. Oh, my gosh, I was so freaking confident. I loved them for the 10 years I had them until I started to put two and two together and realized they were making me sick. And only until year seven. I then, sorry, started getting sick about year seven. Mm, okay. And all those years. And I went to the best surgeon in Ontario, did my homework. I went under the muscles. It looked really natural. Um, we'll get into, like, the model and stuff that they were because they did make me sick. But, um, yeah, I loved them while I had them. Yeah. While I was And I think this is such an important topic because I, I've spoken with girls who are really interested in getting – implants and I talked to them about it and I mentioned like implant illness and they've been for multiple consultations and they aren't even aware that this is a thing that's happening and for me it just makes sense like it just logically makes sense my body is really really sensitive so it doesn't like having any like foreign stuff in or like you know like even an IUD my body like essentially rejects like it's really really sensitive and doesn't want anything hanging out in it so like for me like just the idea of having something in my body naturally I associate risk with that but if you don't know then you don't know so how did you first learn about implant illness and how did that start to show up in your body well, at first, I think I can speak for most women on this journey. You don't know it's that at first, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe now that it's so public and there's been um, there's been recalls in the industry and movement in this. But I think a lot of us just didn't know. So it's a gluten intolerance or it's mm-hmm. stress, anxiety, it's depression, and it is all of these things. So the symptoms, I mean um, – they vary. They vary quite substantially from headaches, depression, anxiety, gastrointestinal problems, joint and muscle pain, memory and concentration issues, um, sleep issues, photosensitivity. Hair loss was a really big symptom for me, unfortunately, which I'm now seeing some grow back, and I'm so excited about that. Chronic f- fatigue as well. Um, so the symptoms are variant. And when you go to the doctors, it really still is such a gray area. 
you know, as long as your blood is not affected, which they test, and you have all these other um, symptoms, it could be from food sensitivities, etc. So I spent years taking supplements, going to naturopath, acupuncture, chiropractic, um, you know, you may name it, therapy, like for my mental state as well, not just for that, but I really called in all of the modalities, the healthy modalities to help heal me. I had a biomeridian test to determine my sensitivities and food allergies. You name it. Then a girlfriend told me about breast implant illness and I Googled it and I think I denied it for a little bit. Um, I think it made its first appearance in media cycle in about 2016. My clinic never called me because I changed my number when I moved to Vancouver from Toronto. Mm. I, I really just found out organically through a girlfriend who was going through the same experience on these Facebook groups, there are hundreds of thousands of women connecting globally about this matter. Um, so I decided to do my due diligence after really denying it for some time, calling my clinic to find out what implant I have. Because yes, in breast implant illness, everyone can be affected who had breast augmentation with an implant. But there were specific implants that were recalled from the industry completely, like pulled off the market, not FDA approved anymore. So I had to call my clinic to determine which I had, and I did have them. So it was affirmation I needed to take it further and get them explanted. Okay, so why were they recalled? Essentially, it's an estimated risk of approximately 1 in 3,000 women or I guess people with implants, it's one in 3,000 that could have, it's a it's a case of blood cancer. Um, essentially, it's a wide range of symptoms. It's also referred to as like an autoimmune or inflammatory syndrome, and it can occur in any type of breast implant, whether it be silicone gel, saline-filled, smooth surface, texture surface, round, or teardrop-shaped. So I personally had the form-stable biocell textured implant, and it's been associated with the risk of breast implant-associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma. Mm. <laughs> I'm definitely no doctor, but essentially it is a form of, of blood cancer that it oh can God. eventually cause. Um, but in the meantime, an autoimmune disorder, right? Okay. So, And aside yeah. from the hair loss, what, what other symptoms were you struggling with primarily? Yeah, well, as mentioned, like anxiety, massive depression, right? Gastrointestinal problems, a lot of gut imbalances, um, memory and concentration issues. So I really had so much brain fog, right? Mm. Um, depression was really one of the main ones along with the hair loss. But little things too, like photosensitivity, light became really hard for my eyes to process. Okay. Um, rashes and skin disorders. My skin was always flared up. Well, a lot I of them. You have most of the symptoms. It could have been caused through matters like depression and the binge eating and other things I was going through at the time. And so that's why I blamed myself too. Oh, well, you've been eating gluten. So this, it, it could be all of those things too, right? You've had your blood tested. You've had your thyroid tested. You've, you've done all of this and you've come out healthy. You're fine. Um, but I was just never fine completely, right? Yeah. And you had the implants for 10 years? Yes, exactly 10 years. So I got them in 2010. I just got them out in 2020. Apparently, the um, Canada Health Board completely banned these implants one year before, so 2019, um, and internationally even before that, in the beginning of 2019. So 
this is with a company called Allergan, and they are still a huge company, and they offer new implants that ha have been tested, and, and they're safe, you know, like, I'm no doctor, I can't, this is all my personal experience. Mm -hmm. They did offer me free implants to have replaced. Oh. So theirs being recalled now, they're like, hey, we have a new implant, we'll give them to you for free, right? But that made me nervous. I had to, at that stage, also go through reflection and discernment and find what I wanted to do with this explant. Do I get them out completely, right? Um, and just have a lift and call it a day and fall in love with my new boobs? Yeah. <laughs> or do I have them replanted with a new one? They say it's healthy, they're free. Why not, right? But here's the thing. I'm going to have to go for another surgery in 10 more years. Yeah. And then 10 years after that, I'm still, I'm just in my thirties now. So it was a lot to consider. I was a different girl hearing you and how you were speaking about your body. It sounds how I would speak about my body today after my awakening, after coming conscious with myself and healing and forgiving myself and loving myself differently through acceptance. I did not have those tools and that experience and that self-acceptance at that age. Mm -hmm. So, and I was young. I just turned 23. Not that I'm not young now, but I just had a different mindset. I do not want to sign myself up for more surgeries and complications, yeah. right? Many more for a lifetime and the scarring was another thing to consider not to ramble here it's all no. interconnected but the scar was another consideration I talked to a friend recently who's contemplating the surgery and the scarring is like her main concern and I completely get it so for every surgery there's new scarring right so and who knows that in 10 years they're not going to come and say hey these need to be recalled too yeah you know there's no certainty for sure and so since you've had them removed, how are you feeling and how has that all shifted for you? What have you seen as a result of the explant surgery? Yes, for sure. I mean, my hair is starting to grow in thicker, finally. <laughs> After so much like hair love practices I've implemented and it, it's it's interesting going to the whole self-love topic um it was a few weeks ago I was like with a friend right and I'm making fun of myself because I had these chunks of hair growing in at the sides of my head and I thought it was breakage I immediately going to judging myself I immediately going to Criticism. just calling yeah. myself insulting myself like I must have broken it and I look closely and I'm like this is so odd like after a few days of just being like what is all of these new short hairs but they look like I I mean I broke them it was not that. It was completely new growth coming in where I had kind of not baldened, but thinned, should you say, uh, around the side, sides of your head here. <laughs> what is this part called? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like you're a lot of us thin here, right? So, um, and I think a lot of women can relate who I saw on these Facebook groups and friends going through the same experience with breast, with breast implant illness or hair loss. Um, anyways, that's all filling in again. So that's fabulous. Um, and then deeper than that, though, my anxiety, my depression, headaches have subsided. Uh, my gut issues have balanced um, memory. Yeah, the brain fog has subsided. I just feel in general better, but I feel like it is a process, mm -hmm. you know. But the little things, like the whites, my eyes are wider, you know. I have and that, yeah. my, um, 
not to be too much here, but my bowel movements, you know, like that was really disrupted and affected for a very long time. I didn't even realize it was such an occurrence and irregularity to be irregular and unhealthy. Um, and I thought it was just maybe gluten, but even when I was gluten free, I continued with that symptom. And so that's corrected itself. Um, so I do feel good about that, but it is still a journey and I still have a lot of integration to do. Mm -hmm. That's amazing though. It's actually fascinating. And so when, how many months has it been since the surgery? Eight. So I had it August, 2020. It's been eight full months and I'm just starting, not just starting, but I really, really, I've always loved them. I remember day one, I was like, I love them so much better. Like they're just amazing went to one of the best doctors in BC and he was amazing Dr. Lennox he's great um shout out Dr. Lennox (laughs) (laughs) we'll invoice him later true a free a free uh, promo there So, yeah, I uh, I feel blessed, but, you know, I did have to get used to the scarring and the change. Yeah. And also healing myself for the decision entirely, going through forgiveness of self of the past for all of the decisions I've made, not just with that, but with many decisions in my life. You know, it's, it was the, my great awakening in itself, too. So it was just coming to terms with that healing as well, yeah. seeing myself in this new light in general. Yeah, that's a lot. And to make the decision to get the new ones for free or to go natural is like a massive, massive decision. And I totally just, you know, based on how I know you, like, I think that obviously your decision is so in alignment with the way that you're living and like your values. Um, But it would still be a really tough decision to make. It was three years prior, just three years prior, I honestly probably would have gotten the implants back in. Um, But now I'm thinking differently, more long term, internally, um, on a conscious spiritual level. So I did not have that knowing and that integration to discern through that decision making years ago. Um, So being in this place now, it was really all divine timing, you know? Yeah. I like that and it makes total sense and I'm really stuck on something that you said a few minutes ago about not having the tools to love yourself properly and make different decisions in our in our younger years and I think that's that's exactly what I went through too like if I had maybe it was a financial thing maybe it was like deep knowing or maybe it was just like situational that I didn't actually get them like I never really went as far to like seek out a doctor or go for a consultation but it was something that it was like always kind of joked about always talked about like oh I wish I wish um that just started to shift but it only really started to shift once we start to actually get to know ourselves and do the deeper work like it we spend all that time whether it's in the weight loss industry and the disordered eating and all this stuff it's all just trying to create that outer image that we like but what we actually need to do is just like ourselves from the inside out first and I think that's really cool too because that's the way that we met right like you and I met during like a meditation kind of workshop group uh, like a women's group and it was all about just like going within and healing and diving deep and stirring shit up to figure it out and (laughs) My Scorpio sister. My Scorpio sister, yes. Um, on that journey, yeah. Yeah, so like we've we've done all the outer stuff and none of it really worked and it's not until you go within and actually do 
the heavy lifting and actually like sort that out, that's when you're like, oh, I'm actually fine on the outside. I actually love everything about me and we can be so at peace with our, just our human bodies, the way they are, whatever that looks like. For sure. And I think that's goes into like that recurring topic that like I'm always going off about on Instagram is like the filters and like we 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 become (laughs) don't get me started like it just now that I have this like deep appreciation and love for like my body and my uniqueness and my my me like just being who I am it just drives me up the wall to see everybody trying so hard to look like this avatar like this this avatar for it (laughs) yeah like it's like a cyborg face and body that we all want to have and we all need to have and it's so toxic and so insidious and people think that filters are just fun and there's something that it's so normalized and you know Instagram has very intentionally tried to it started with Snapchat they made it in quotes fun to use these things and now I know people I know many people who will not show up with just their face like it has to be filtered you have to look a certain way they become you know it's not normal anymore they don't know what their faces look like and they don't like it you literally like develop a taste for your filtered face and then you don't want to see your true self anymore and that is horrifying to me I like that line that one liner you just pulled out (laughs) what did I say You develop a taste for your filtered face. Oh, yeah. It was actually freestyling. That was a wrap. Um, Look, I just want to say something about that because it's interesting. I heard this concept the other day, maybe on another podcast, actually. And it's just, it was referring to the look about 10 years ago, maybe even stemming from 15 or so years ago, you know, like the Pamela Anderson age, that era with the really tanned, well, orange skin. I mean, I look back at all my pictures, I'm pretty orange, (laughs) you know, and the, and the fake boobs and the tiny waist and the no carbs and just that era was something, wasn't it? The bleach blonde hair, but broken. It's just now it's going to be this avatar look that in 10 or 20 years, when we look back, it's going to be like the Instagram era, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be this specific avatar look, this AI look, <laughs> and yeah. it, it may not sustain, we may look at it in a generation or two from now and go, Ugh, what are we thinking, right? Um, it's just the, the what we're being pushed right now, this ideal look, that's it. And it's another trap. I fell through it before, you know, I, I over tanned myself for so long and now I'm re undoing all of the damage and I got the breast implants and I starved myself and I, I, you know, I bleached my hair too much until it fell out. (laughs) It's like, I can't fall down this trap too, right? Where I'm completely um, manipulated to think I look better with the filter. And I have fallen into that trap, to be honest. I've had to detox from Instagrams time and time again and, um, you know, face tune my photos and then then take them down because I'm like, what am I doing, right? It's that battle. It's, It's that constant battle with your image. And it's crazy because it's so, it's underneath the surface. Like, it just seems like everybody's doing it. It's normal. It's normalized. And you get used to just, like, tweaking your photo. I don't know. I've never used Facetune, but I assume that you can do all kinds of stuff. 
So you just start small. One time someone sent me like a photo of me and her and I was like, why do I look like that? And she's like, oh yeah, I facetuned it. I'm like, never do that again. Like you can just do little simple things, but it's such a slippery slope. And then you get used to looking that way. And then I've, I've heard girls say like, oh, that filter made me realize like I wanted to go get my lips done. And it's like, I just think it's the most toxic shit. It's a Kardashian shit. slope, isn't it? You know, we were going to talk about Khloe Kardashian. I think it's 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 a good topic because, I mean, I, I, being a millennial girl, grew up with the Kardashians, and I love them. I, I've caught all their seasons. I really have respect for their climb. I've not been a Kardashian hater, okay? But I completely am aware, though, of the impact they have in the world, the influence, and I'm really disappointed that Khloe couldn't take a stance right now when we need it most for yeah. young girls um you know just it makes me sad although I know and feel I can't say I know even I, I feel the pain that she must have had to endure um going through 10 plus years of scrutiny uh being called the ugly and fat sister I mm. mean I get the trauma that may have caused mm-hmm. um, a soul sister level I love Chloe I just wish that she took this opportunity to speak out for the younger girls her daughter true yeah. And for the world, just to be like, you know what? Yeah, this is me natural. And I love a good filter, but this is also me. And it's okay. Yeah. I think the fact that that behavior, for anyone who doesn't know the situation, um, there was a leaked photo or supposedly leaked photo of Chloe that she didn't have a filter on. It wasn't face-tuned. It wasn't the most flattering angle, but she still looked wonderful and totally human and just like she was smiling at the pool like a normal person and she hired a legal team that day to go and scrub the internet she wanted this photo erased from the internet which obviously is not easy to do and the fact that that's even a behavior that is normalized um and that's like an acceptable way to spend your time and energy is just so disappointing to me when you have that much influence that much power and you have this many eyes on you and impressionable people watching your every move it just it's so poisonous it's such a poisonous it's very twisted because chloe specifically had a tv show called revenge body right revenge body so um it's about body positivity and she's really made something of herself in terms of her body she she's she's like a freaking six-pack she works out every day great and i know there may be surgeries too i'm not here to judge her or bash her she looks amazing the point is is she has over 100 million followers like really you have such a platform to make a difference and it's 2021 it's a different time we need to be um positive like i've even pulled myself off instagram lately just to redefine my message um and also myself get internal with myself for a minute first right um it was really convoluting my perspective of everything and I love connecting with my friends on IG it's just my personal account it's not even a business account yet I'm still developing a business front and that's a whole other thing but it's like even personally I didn't want to fuel this anymore and put energy into something that I'm like what am I even putting up without purpose I mean everything now for me has to have purpose is is how I want to live my life even an IG post you know so it's gonna be a self I'm like, is it because I feel good about myself that day? That's okay too, right? But that's the purpose then. And I mean, I just kind of, you know, sometimes it can be really cloudy. Like, why am I posting? Am I posting for external validation? 
Yeah. You know, that's it. is it true me? Is it a reflection of me? Am I happy? Um, yeah, just more reflection on that. Define it a little bit more. I like that. And that's a really good point and something that's really important to me because I know that I have a toxic, well, you know, like I have an addiction to social media and it's a very tricky one because I'm using it for business. So it's not like I can remove myself. I can't go to Instagram rehab right now. I need it as a business tool. So I made an agreement with myself to do the opposite of what the Kardashians are doing. Like if I'm going to be on Instagram every day, I'm going to do it as authentically and candidly and genuinely as I really can. I'm going to do my best to show up in a real way so that at least at the very least I'm making, if I'm showing one person that it's okay to be yourself, I feel like I'm making a positive impact because there's just too much of the opposite. Like the Kardashians, I unfollowed them all a while ago because I had this post. I've Don't get me wrong. I've seen every single episode of the show. I'm still watching the show. I will watch the last season. I don't have hate for them, but I and I, I honestly don't judge them for it either because it's similar to the documentary that I was watching last night with Paris Hilton. It's like these are characters that they have signed up to be and at some point you lose control over that because you get, you know, they're obviously paid, they're all super rich and they're they're in it. How can you escape it? I think there's a big reason behind why the show is ending because being these people is unsustainable um, and there's just... Anyway, I saw this post of like the six sisters all side by side and their faces are all identical and none of them even really look like a normal human at this point. They all have this... They look now, don't they? They have a cyborg face and this this crazy body shape and it's like... Cyborg face. I really like your computer. (laughs) And that's what everybody thinks that they need to look like. So... I know that I'm certainly no Kardashian. I have little following and I'm not doing like huge things. It's really, really important to me. Like I studied sociology in university. So this stuff like goes in like a weird deep level and like it just like affects me. And I feel like drawn to sharing my thoughts about it because it feels super fucking important to me because if everybody's only following the Kardashians, nobody's going to even have that disruption of the thought patterns that make us feel like we need to look like that. Yeah, it is it's super disappointing that people who are that influential don't have the courage or they're they're in fear too much to do things differently. And I'm so thankful when I do see someone doing something powerful in the opposite direction, I die. Like it's like the best feeling in the world to see. Because you know that it did take bravery and to be courageous to do so. Um, I understand that the Kardashians and Jenners have huge freaking platforms, like huge. I get that. It must be a lot of pressure. But I lost a lot of respect for them, truthfully, just this past year in this global crisis that we're all in and a great awakening, truly. There's so many topics to take a stance on and to discuss. I like how Kim is pursuing law and has goals and has really actually made such a difference but the rest of them, I can't say I've seen anything where it's been such a contribution or change-making event and inspiration for the world. Um, And it would just be so nice because they do have the most following in the world but there's so many people under them that don't do much either. They might be tied to brands, they might be tied to companies and corporations, a lot of record companies, etc., 
However, the Kardashians are independent CEOs, okay? You talk about it all the time. <laughs> You've made it, <laughs> you know? So then instead of just achieving all that success for yourself to then influence, I don't know what, <laughs> the look of it maybe, why not influence us getting there with you or being more positive together or doing some change for the world together? Yeah, there's very little value add with them other than entertainment on the show, which is... Yeah. Maybe it's ending on time then, isn't it? Because we're all over this shit now. That's the thing. I'm, I, I was a fan of them, but I, I guess I am over it because they're not being authentic, really. And they've made such a huge, they've really hit the top of the top and their lifestyle is so not relatable anymore. And True. it's just like, whoa, it's like a slap in the face. Every time I see them on their jets and this and that and living life and not really talking about any campaigns or impacts or um, nonprofits, like none of that on their show or anything, Instagram, nothing. It's mm-hmm. all ads. Or yeah. just for themselves and their companies. That's it. And fake image. So, yeah, I don't know. Just perpetuating that unsustainable. Well, and it's not even unsustainable. I mean, if we all wanted to, I'm sure we could find a way to go get all those surgeries as well. And, you know, morph ourselves into that same kind of look. But, like we shouldn't feel like that's what we even want just because that's what they have. And that's an interesting point too. And I've gotten into this argument in the past is yeah, they have had their fair share of surgeries and like no judgment. If that's what they want, then that's what they want. But they also do bust their asses and they work hard to look good. Just because you have surgery doesn't mean you're going to look good and fit and you're going to be able to maintain that. So I think a lot of people want to not give them credit for being in great shape and working really hard for their bodies, they do both. So I will say that. Yeah. And in terms of the body image too, something that's coming to mind is like being in the fitness industry, you know, there's very, very few people, especially influential or famous fitness models or, you know, personal trainers or anyone in the industry that can rock confidently rock a natural body. Like when it comes to the competition world, like it just, if you don't have implants, you're not going to be on stage essentially you know what I mean it just that's the reality of it because you're looking to the bikini competitions you're you know even like bodybuilding like everybody is looking for a certain physique and if you don't have the boobs to match like it's just not gonna be the same and so I feel like it's such a common thing especially in the fitness industry is the implants and Kim's trainer fit girl Mel who is like one of my ultimate idols in the fitness industry she's incredible but she's around the Kardashians 24 seven. She's on the show now. She's, you know, she's in the world and Kim found her on Instagram. She came from nothing. She was like, she had no money. She was struggling when Kim found her. And now she's obviously super successful, super rich. And she's not, she's not feeling the pressure to conform to the body image that she's surrounded by. Like she has no boobs. She has very small boobs. She's super fit. And that's just like her vibe. And I fuck with her so much for that like just being herself and being able to be in that world and still staying true to herself like she's one of the people that I look up to the most she's so genuine and she just stays true no no matter how successful she gets that's so amazing because she trusts herself she clearly then has lots of confidence you know and I think that's probably rare I bet you a lot of people are influenced uh, you know in that clan or with such big success so good for her we need more real ones don't we yeah and the real ones should be celebrated more than the fake ones are idolized and celebrated because it's rare I do think the world's shifting the influence is going to shift the topics are shifting so um yeah it's a new era it is I hope so 
Yes. So what things well, do you do? What things do you do now to protect yourself from all of these, all of this messaging and all of the stuff that we're up against when it comes to protecting your self-worth and loving yourself unconditionally? I mean, that's such a big question, right? Because there's so many names. And so I won't say some of the basic practices like meditation, you know, having more salt baths and showers and space for myself. I used to be really external, really social. Uh, This year, being able to pull back organically anyway, but also just because of the journey I have been on, the healing journey, um, I've been able to dive in deep myself in a space um, where yeah, I can really heal, love myself. And then in this space, I now have shifted into a deeper aspect of myself that now I'm looking to integrate. Integration is a whole other thing. So integration takes like self-forgiveness and trusting yourself, right? So before I'd have tendencies like people-pleasing, um, overextending when I didn't have much to give, right? My teacup was not full and overflowing onto my saucer. I had nothing to give, but I was giving everything. I was loving everyone else more than myself. So reframing that and learning to love myself the way I do others really shifted everything for me and so simple practices like making my body butter which I know you do too Mm -hmm. Um, and as I put it on my body I'm loving the skin I'm in or uh, the little muscle I have or focusing on the positives you know we're wired to look for the negative it's the ego it's it's meant to see danger it's not as developed as technology has taken this world our ego is still there and operating on a level where it could destruct us you know so I've had to dismantle that do deep ego work and um, forgive myself for any anything of the past where I was people pleasing where I wasn't saying yes to myself because I was saying yes to others and in that space it's like reconnecting with myself and becoming my my friend while loving myself and looking in that mirror and and not lying so if I don't feel beautiful that day I don't do the positive affirmations I don't say that I'm beautiful because I I don't believe it in that moment and on a cellular level it's not going to work right so essentially I look in the mirror and I find the things I do love you know and I'm grateful um that my body works or that my I don't know my eyes work because I mean I just had a twitchy eye for almost two weeks I was so scared because I had too much screen time clearly or coffee or something had gotten to me the fatigue actually on a spiritual level I researched and it's like one of my psychologist friends she told me that it's passing trauma when your eyes twitching I was like oh because I do feel I was really um transmuting some trauma the past few weeks right just another upgrade but in through all of this it's giving yourself space doing all the self like infusing your life with love focusing on the positive not the negative don't lie to yourself and don't set yourself up for high expectations that you may fail because I'm undoing that now I'm undoing about 10 years or so of lying to myself you know setting the bar so high where I cannot make it or just following all the steps like, Oh, I'm supposed to meditate. Oh, I'm supposed to say I'm beautiful. I'm supposed to say I'm rich and wealthy. I'm a millionaire. I'm supposed, you know, I'm supposed to follow these steps or I'm supposed to be the people pleaser, whatever it is. It's just letting go of all of that, redirecting it to self, loving yourself through it. And uh, yeah, that was a little bit of a rant, but no, I loved all of that. That was so good. And that's, so powerful and I I love that like that's the whole program that I just ran in April and I'm running it again in May it's just teaching 
sharing all of that like knowledge that you know we've gained over our own self-love journeys and giving those tools to other people and reminding them exactly what you said how to love ourselves the way that we love other people and being our own friend and learning how to actually be nice to ourselves and tuning into all of that negativity that runs through our mind and body on autopilot all the time and putting a stop to that because those are the things that are really holding us back from being ourselves and trusting ourselves and showing up as our highest selves concerning the voices in the head right we do have an ego my romantic ego needed a lot of work it needed development it needed to be seen and healed and so the romantic ego was in my partner it was showing up in my partnerships my relationships and and just essentially how I operated in the world and it was a very loud voice because I'm a strong woman and I climbed that corporate ladder and I traveled 50 countries before 27 and I took on the world independently I was almost so masculine and broken in my feminine you know and my and my ego was so strong because it is as strong as you are Mm. you know so someone who is on the verge of great change probably has a crazy demon ego that they need to dismantle a little bit I don't mean demon but just so strong so such a big presence and you really need to discern through those voices in your head um I feel attacked (laughs) are you talking to me (laughs) right Jeez, and, and it's such a process in learning that and then discerning that, transmuting that energy and quieting it down until it's so small and your higher self is the bigger voice and the bigger feeling and and engaging in your body. All of those feelings matter too, right? It's, uh, yeah, tuning into the temple, but I wasn't doing that before. I was numbing myself. I was going out, I was over-socializing. I was over-stimulating myself, never stopping, never slowing down. So... That's all we learn how to do, though. No one ever taught us these tools. The only thing that we know how to do is do what we need to do to get through life, right? And having that compassion for yourself and knowing that that is what's normalized and we're not bad or wrong for having those coping mechanisms. We all did it, whether it's all of the diff- anything in excess, whether it's alcohol, partying, eating, sex. Even distraction of relationship. I'll open up here, but like uh, my my last relationship, for instance, I've been single now three years and on a healing journey. Um, I became celibate. It wasn't necessarily an instant choice. It just organically happened that way. Made it so far down the road. I was like, oh wow, okay, I guess I'm celibate now, and this is uh, awesome, and 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 achieved so much healing in all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other story. But at the end of the day, I broke out of that relationship because I did not know how to receive love. I did not know how to love myself. So my partner would love me, and I would just reflect it back to him and overlove him and overextend. So any people pleaser probably um, hears this and relates, right? Someone who's always looking to harmonize and make others feel comfortable and loved, but doesn't know how to love themselves. And then I was always letting myself down in life, whether it be another diet I failed or um, a few decisions I made and personally as a female in life like uh you know on a on a personal level and the the more that we hurt ourselves the the deeper disconnected we are therefore we can't be in a loving relationship healthily do you know what i mean it's it's more of a codependency that you're operating on Mm -hmm. and so i did have to detach um learn about my codependency learn how to love myself and learn that i wasn't receiving love and that's why i was so drained in relationship Mm -hmm. you know the relationship was also dysfunctional um but at the end of the day my responsibility is that i didn't even know how to receive the love i did not think i was worthy of much 
Right. Just being on my own and not distracted by others to learn to love myself because I would have just loved them. Right. And, and just kept running on that cycle. Mm, yeah. And I'm not everyone needs to take that space for themselves. That's a personal decision, but I was a serial dater and always loving and always interacting with men for m- many years. Even when I broke out of that partnership, that relationship, I like just ran into dating again for a whole nother year, like another serial dealer dater until I really hit a wall, woke up and go, Oh wait, I was, I broke out of that relationship to heal, to do my work. And I'm just in another relationship. I'm just dating over and over again, Avoiding you know, it. Yeah. whether it be serious or not until I, I hit that wall and, and start to go inward really for real. <laughs> yeah. We do all of these things to avoid actually healing and getting vulnerable. And I've heard even people talk about in the past like using self-development and self-help as a distraction from actually looking at your own shit yes and I've done it I am the course queen yeah you know every freaking course out there I've spent thousands of dollars I've worked with coaches there I mean don't get me wrong a lot of it was everything you know my therapy working with a master coach I've done a lot of self-development and it's been Mm life-changing but then just all the little courses too or any type of self-development books even just listening to podcasts and Tony Robbins and you name it you know it's just yeah, it's endless and it can be completely external and not an internal experience. I think I did two years of self-development that was more external than internal. And then until I really hit that um, personal journey, that awake, that spiritual awakening, Mm -hmm. you know, which was different. Yeah, it was like that for me too. Like it was years of learning and absorbing and feeling like I couldn't put things into motion or actually execute on them and being frustrated because I had the knowledge, but I wasn't living it. And then things kind of break down and break open. And then you're actually able to start implementing all of those lessons and starting to, and I guess that's like what the integration is, right? Like it's just living it. And finally just like letting the dust settle and being like, okay, I do have these things available to me, but it just took me some time to be ready to, to use those tools in the right way. I love that you just said that, you know, because I think how I phrased it was more, yeah, like it wasn't part of the journey or that it was not worth it. And it was all part of the journey. You know, we were really collecting the tools, observing and learning throughout all of that time. And now we have, you know, a box of tools and so much knowledge and internal wisdom and access to even our Akashic records and past lives. I mean, that's a whole other deep circle, but it's just the same at the same time like it all comes back to just getting to know yourself and that's where everything good comes from and I think that's really the topic of like the whole conversation is like we all love our we all do know ourselves and love ourselves but there's just layers and layers and layers of messaging and media and trauma and shit we've been through and being bullied and being broken up with cheated on all this stuff like built up and built up and built up it's not that there's anything wrong with us, but it's everything that we've been through. And it's a matter of intentionally like working through it and dissolving it. And then you can come back to yourself, but it's not easy to do and it's painful. So most people don't do it. And like we mentioned, we avoid it in all of these different ways. And we think that we're finding fulfillment through partnerships and through, you know, codependent behaviors, but that really just is a coping mechanism. Like codependency, as far as I can understand it, is really just insecurity and needing validation and needing to like latch on to someone else because you're not solid in yourself. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. It's not having a relationship with self. Um, and I think it's putting a lot of value on relationship in yeah. general. You know, I really thought that my dynamic with a man in a relationship was everything. Yeah. Even though I also had traveling aspirations as well as work and professional aspirations. I am super driven. I mean, that's my Sagittarius rising. I'm super driven. But at the same time, love always came first. Yeah, it becomes your whole identity. Yes, it was my entire identity. Yeah, and I have had massive codependent behaviors in the past, and I think it wasn't until recently, like when you really spend some time with yourself and you're honest with yourself and you get vulnerable and you kind of sort through that, that you're able to resolve that, and it really does come down to a self-worth issue. Like you're not good enough on your own, so you need constant external validation and you need to create create someone else into your identity because your own identity is not enough and when you recognize that and you really get solid with yourself and you have that appreciation and that you start to cultivate the self-worth that's when you become independent because you're you're whole you don't need you're not out searching like people ask me like are you dating I'm like I mean I'll go on a date but I don't really care if it works out or not like because like I'm good where I'm at you know what I mean like and that's when the best people get attracted into your life. Like you're open. You're open. You're not looking, you know. The search, the searching, the frantic desperation that drives like the energy of dating is why dating fucking sucks. Like that is what makes it a shitty experience because everyone has this like low vibe, like needy energy and they're having all of these expectations and putting all this pressure on it and that's not fun at all. But if everybody were good on their own and were genuinely just like looking to meet like-minded people and have fun, then it would be a totally different experience. Absolutely. Also, though, on the other on the other side, because I was that girl who I had so much fun dating. And when I dated and wasn't in a serious relationship, let's say, because I was also really loyal and committed in monogamous relationships many times. Like I've had a few serious ones over my 20s. But oh, my gosh, when I was single and dating, I would sometimes even have two dates in one night. Like I lived it up and saw it only as experience and connecting with individuals and just being open to that experience of life but what I want to say though is that even with that now looking back it was also it was distraction Mm -hmm. it was distracting myself I also on those dates was trying to in a sense direct it and sell myself you know my master coach really helped me realize that if you're on a date try even being silent most of the day and listen and see if you even like that person instead of trying to sell yourself that to be liked. And I never saw it as me selling myself because I was never really looking for a relationship as more so trying to have fun and open and connect and I don't know, maybe even um, just be liber- feel liberated in yeah. that sense, right, as a young woman. But uh, it was a lot of distracting myself and not really operating from a self-worthy place mm-hmm. and dating anyone and not having standards too (laughs) so there's that thought process as well that perspective I see that for sure and looking back on my 20s the way I was approaching dating it's like yeah I was definitely just seeking validation I just wanted to go on dates and have people like me and have guys chase me because it felt good and the ego loved it and versus now I mean I'm calling it dating but like I'm really just open to meeting new people and 
before anything, it's going to be a friendship. And I'm just looking to grow my circle of dope people around me. And if something we're were to turn aligning, into, right? we're just like aligning to new connections. Yeah. So just this year which is so fabulous and you could easily meet a divine masculine you know in in that as well and it just feels fun it it does it feels totally different and I don't feel like I need to put on a show or impress anyone like it's like if you like me you like me if you don't like me like that's fine too like if we're meant to vibe and we're meant to like get to know each other we will like it's just like a different energy about it it's like faith in life, right? It's just knowing the process, knowing there's a process to things, having complete faith in the universe and in yourself. Yeah. I, yeah. You man, I'm 34 now and it's odd because I want to detach from age. Actually, that's a whole other topic. I, I want to start detaching from age and the concept of age is all though the ideas that we have on each age, right? Not that 34 is bad. To be honest, I feel younger than ever. It's mm-hmm. in 34 the best. Mm-hmm. Like, loving it it's just that what is associated with that age I don't necessarily fit into that box and every age I've always felt like that when I was 18 I was pretending to be older all the way until about 26 and then I start you know it's just always been a different age than I actually was so I want to try and detach from that but that being said, I don't feel fearful that I'm getting older and my eggs are rotting and I need to find a partner ASAP. <laughs> I don't have that calling in me, right? Yeah. And I'm so blessed and grateful for that. And I want all women to have that. And just that knowing that your partner, they will walk into your life at that divine time when it's right. Or and not. Or not. Maybe we're meant to, you know what, girl, I'm going through getting to know myself again and I don't know what I want anymore I've always been monogamous but okay with an end if we stop growing I've never seen a forever with someone and I mean I couldn't imagine unless we continued growing together like I'm mm-hmm. okay with divorce yeah. I don't I'm, I think it's one and done for life death do us part necessarily yeah it's not that I'm believing it but it doesn't feel right for me mm-hmm. and now I'm just so open like I am you know <laughs> it's totally. like becoming such a, a different type of fluidity in my love life like although I'm not dating we've already discussed this I'm completely celibate and not dating and it's been two years of that and it's wonderful I'm just in all of this I'm like doing yoni yoga and getting to know my feminine again and where I want to go with this and how I want to date and I'm open to freaking anything yeah and I feel the same too and I think that's when you attract the best things is when you're just zero expectations and you're happy with yourself and you're happy with your life like if someone were to come into my life and be the right fit for me, great. And if not, perfect, because I love my life right now, like being independent and on my own. And I have no fear around not having a family or not having a man. Like, that's fine. I think. Being single, though, too, by the way, like, is it not so fabulous being single? It's the best. Like, and it's the- being single and loving yourself. Yes. Oh, for sure. Like because like, if you're in that singleness where you're just like, I'm a victim, something's wrong with me. I need to find someone or else my life's like worthless. That's not a good energy to be in, of course, but that's what this is all about. Right. Is like recognizing that we are perfect and we are like worthy of everything and we can still make the decision to be more independent and have more time alone and be fine with that and not looking and not searching. Absolutely. Just trust. Let's trust the flow of life and the process of life. I'm with you, girl. All about the flow. To let go and flow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, on that topic of, I guess, aging, getting a little bit older, and then all the stuff that we've talked about, what is your perspective on 
surgeries, procedures, and like, what is your current like skincare routine look like? Because for me, like I obviously am like very, it's very important to me to be natural, use natural products, but I will fully disclose without shame that like I use Botox in moderation in a preventative way. I think because of all the tanning I did in my teen years, like I have lines on my forehead, really deep lines, and I didn't want like permanent lines. So I do get like preventative Botox in my forehead. Other than that, I try to keep it super, super natural and just take good care of my skin. But I don't judge people who have other priorities or other things that they want to work on. But for me, it feels really different to use Botox to prevent permanent lines versus like putting filler in your lips and putting other like foreign kind of substances. What is your stance on that? Well, anyone who knows me knows I'm skincare obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) I study, I'm such a researcher. That's my archetype. And so I know a little bit about everything, right? And so I've gone ham on on skincare research the past few years. Also being um, a tanning babe from the early 2000s. (laughs) I'm with you. I'd use baby oil on beaches for years. So yes, and I I mean, I worked in Australia. I've, I've had my fair share of sun so at this stage I'm definitely rewiring all of that through some laser procedures I love laser um funny enough that you mentioned Botox you're so intuitive because literally just two days ago I got Botox (laughs) really (laughs) and it's funny because I hadn't for like so long right like I don't know maybe years at this point or at least I don't know a long time and so I've dabbled with it for a while now like in and out and I'm conservative of course with my forehead and you know I got the 11s and I I I totally am a fan of Botox and was even before Instagram I mean when I I got my first I remember a friend just opened a a med spa in White Rock when I first lived there like six seven years ago and I got Botox then it was not because of because of any other reason than just yeah like wanting to experiment with it and then I did on and off and um, I had some battles with myself the other day about it you know, I really did. And so I went in deep and checked in on that. And I came out realizing that I'm very happy with the decision. And I do love to dabble in the beauty industry and a lot of different in different things. I, I may not want to go onto the knife anymore. I may not want to put something for, like a foreign object, like an implant in me. Um, and I, I buy everything organic. I just went to Whole Foods today, bought everything organic. And I make sure a lot of my skincare doesn't have like extreme extremely bad chemicals in it or that it's not animal tested etc like I try and be you know resourceful and ethical but at the end of the day I use retinol and I and I use vitamin c and I use these um treatments on my face and I'm super happy with it just like I still like rap and hip-hop music you, you know I I love to buy way too many sneakers than I need and I just bought the cutest skates Wait, the other day why what are you, why are you coming for a rap and hip hop like that? What do you mean by that? <laughs> I'm offended again. That's why I said it. I love being 
human, you know, I really want to live this life to the fullest. I want to be adventurous, including with my beauty. I'm just saying I want to encapsulate what it is to be a human yeah. to like, I'm, I'm not in a box, what spiritual or what healthy or what organic looks like, but I am me. I get to live this life and who knows, maybe it's one of my last lives here on earth. I would really like to just live it to the nth degree you know as long as there's not too much danger so I believe Botox isn't terrible I've researched it it's okay um I mean I can't say it's okay but I because there are there is another side to it (laughs) but I think energy is everything you can transmute that you know yeah I think that it's all about balance right like it's easy like we were talking about before we started recording like it's easy to be on that perfectionist shit like everything we do and I think everybody kind of has gone through this to some degree especially those of us who like really want to like live a more natural life it's like I'm not gonna have anything ever again I'm only gonna like breathe the purest of air and drink the best of water and it's it becomes almost like a burden that you're carrying because everything has to be perfect so I think making those little exceptions for yourself and having that compassion for yourself and knowing the things that are like really important to you like it is really important for me to have a forehead that doesn't look like a 95 year old man like that really was like something that was really disturbing my peace internally and like something that I didn't want to have permanent lines on my forehead, so that is something that I will do in moderation. And for any guys who are listening, I feel like there's a lot of confusion and a lot of misconception. Guys seem to think that Botox and filler are the same thing. Like, they're not interchangeable terms. Like, they're like, look at that girl. Look at her Botox. I'm like, that's not Botox. You can't see. You have no idea what they're talking about, and I do find that quite hilarious. I know. (laughs) It's like, that girl has so much Botox in her lips. It's like, no, it's really, like, not the same thing. And my personal decision is exactly what you mentioned. Like, I'm going to avoid at all costs ever do anything to myself that involves me, like, slicing myself open or putting things inside my body. Anesthetic is a really big deal. And surgery is a really big deal. You know, um, we're talking about, like, covid deaths this year but we don't talk about plastic surgery deaths it's huge mm. I think it's like one of the leading causes like pharmaceuticals and elective surgeries in the world is one of the leading causes of deaths and complications so it's like you really, it is a big deal to consider these things it's, whatever your decision is you just have to be at peace with it the fact that girls are risking their whole fucking life to go get a BBL people That's are like the most dangerous one by the way BBLs are really dangerous yeah. I think it's, it's, it's bad it's really, really scary, and it truly, like, it breaks my heart to think that people think that they need to risk their life in order to be accepted and loved and to love themselves. Like, it, it really, it fucks with me, and that's what gets me so heated about all of this. It's like, yeah, it's just a filter on Instagram. It's not a big deal, but, like, it is a big deal because all of these things are programming our mind in a certain way that leads us to believe that we're not good enough the way that we are, and people think that I'm overreacting, but it it's all so interconnected and it is so insidious and under the surface and it it's a slippery slippery slope and I just do what I can to to bring awareness to how toxic and poisonous it all really is well you're such a positive advocate for this you know um it's amazing you being such a influence of this I think that it's a movement that's just going to continue growing and I want to be a part of it and you know, I've had to do a lot of the work myself to even find what is alignment, what's in alignment with me, what is not, (laughs) what is, where are my boundaries? Yeah. Boundaries is 
it's a big part of self-love and acceptance. So I figured my boundaries. I know Botox is on this side, resting plants is on that side, right? So it's um, just determining that for yourself. And speaking of men, though, how they're confused what Botox and filler is and what the ideal look is in all of this, those same men might look at a picture of Kylie Jenner and think she's so beautiful and love everything about that look, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you judge someone for being too worked on. It's contradicting, you know. They're programmed to think it's beautiful too, potentially. I say men, but it could be women as well, right? But idolizing this this look um, is becoming programmed to think it's beautiful, but then you'll insult people getting work. And so we have to understand that to get that look, that took work, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's a double-edged sword. It's not conscious. We're brainwashed to be attracted to those certain features and those type of looks. But then we also want to shit on people for doing what it takes to get there. I love how you say cyborg because, you know, it's just so true. It is going to be the Instagram look of the era, okay? We'll remember this talk in 10, 20 years. Yeah. What you said about the boundaries is, like, that's it. That's it for me. Like, it's just about tuning into yourself, not about what the Kardashians are doing, not about TikTok, not about what people look like on Instagram, like really tuning into your own frequency and what feels good for you and what's too much and what are you doing, like your motivation for doing things. Are you flying to Miami to get your ass? I don't even know the details of what happens. Like, are you doing that? Because that is what really, really is important to you. And that's like what you need to do to love yourself. Or are there other factors contributing to that? Like, we need external validation from the people in our lives or you want to flex on Instagram, like what's really, really important to us. And I think the more that we tune into like that healing and that connecting to ourselves and getting to know ourselves, the more we're able to realize like those things aren't the most important. Like it's okay to be yourself and have your own ass and have, you know, the breasts that we were born with and the face that we were born with. And yeah, I'm going to get Botox now and then. And I want to, you know, slow down my aging process and make it happen a little more gracefully like I have a lot of gray hair I've got bad hair genetics you know what I mean I'm not ready to like rock out with like a wrinkly forehead and white hair but to me that's a compromise I'm still going to like do all of the things that I want to do to like live naturally and embrace myself without getting carried away which is hard to do I think that's the whole point of this conversation is like there's no judgment around it because it's not our fault we are being programmed. At the end of the day, it's consumerism. They want us to pay for all these things. They want our money. That's what it all comes down to. So we're all just kind of being played by all of these corporations. So much money. It's it's a very expensive habit I've started, <laughs> skincare. I was looking at the se- like pictures of the 70s the other day and how people looked. I was looking up Janis Joplin and other artists in their 20s. She was like 27. And you take an artist today like Ariana Grande and compare them side by side, same age, because I think Ari is about 27 as well, when Janis unfortunately passed away when she was 27, right? Oh. It's crazy the differences. Women were just so natural in the 70s, and it was so beautiful. Um, but we just have different options now too though and so that may include something as as general as Botox I think most women actually get it and men actually I think are, are really getting Botox now too um you know but then we have ex- things have gone quite extreme very far the BBL is still very new you know and it's very dangerous and so there's levels to this shit <laughs> yeah exactly for sure and I think doing so in in the safest possible ways and just staying connected to yourself at the end of the day. 
the self-love practices are everything, right? Um, and, and even from journaling and yes, truthful affirmations, ones you feel in alignment with, meditation, exercise, all of the fundamentals, eating right, being grateful for everything, self-acceptance, trust, all of that is foundational. Yeah, exactly. If you're doing the work and you're in tune with yourself and you know what your priorities are and you know where your head's at, then you have an ability to make those decisions from a good connected place. Yeah. And a mental state. We do our work, you know. I'm in therapy. I have a coach. I do my work. I journal. I, I'm always self-reflecting more than I should, really. Yeah. <laughs> and so with that being said, it's like I know that I'm in tune with myself and I'm making a decision from a place of knowing. And that, that's good. That's all that matters. And that's the energy concept I was speaking of. Making a decision from a knowing place, from a place you've already done the discerning and that you're confident in and that you trust yourself. Making a decision, period, is building trust in yourself. And that is the foundation to then having confidence and loving yourself. I could talk to you forever. I, know. I love everything that you do, Riley, and I'm so inspired by you. So thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much. And I, I feel the same about you. I'm so glad that we connected this year. I feel like we are super aligned and I can't wait to see all of the things that you're going to be doing moving forward. Yeah. So where can people find you on Instagram? You're on Instagram right now, right? Like where can people yeah, find you to, to follow your journey? Now. Shift with Stacy. You can find me at shift, like mindset shift, you know, shift with Stacy. Um, so if you want to DM me or add me, please do, but I'm still working on my online business front. So that will come soon, but I will list everything on my shift with Stacy account. Stay tuned. Get in early before she launches. <laughs> yes, I have lots of ideas, so can't wait. I love it. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Thank you for being patient with this episode. I know that some of you were expecting an episode last week, so I'm so sorry if I disappointed, but hopefully this conversation made up for it. I hope you found it interesting. I hope you found Stacy's experience informative. And if you're interested in the self-love program that I mentioned in this episode, I am running a group starting on May 3rd, so message me for details on that. And if you're listening to this later down the road, I will be offering it again in the future, so just reach out and ask for some info on that. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your week. I'm hoping that this episode may have shifted some perspectives, given you something to think about, and really just reminded you to be nice to yourself and accept yourself for who you are naturally because you're perfect the way you are. It sounds cheesy, guys, but it's fucking true, okay? Just love yourself. Make sure to share this episode with anyone that would find it valuable. And please subscribe, give us a review, and I will talk to y'all next week, I promise.